Welcome to UX Soup, our short-form podcast where you can join me, Lisa Cooper, and my colleagues, Chris Schreiner and Diana Franganillo, as we go beyond the buzzwords and talk about the latest user research, technology innovation, and all things impacting user experience of personal devices and services at home or on the go. As always, UX Soup is sponsored by Strategy Analytics, a global research and consulting firm providing our clients all over the world with insights, analysis, and expertise. Welcome, everyone. Chris and Diana, how are you today? Doing well, thank you. Me too. Hello. Hello. Well, today we're going to talk about deep nostalgia and apps like that that can manipulate faces of people in photos and videos as well as the implications of these technologies for users and to society at large. So let's start with deep nostalgia. This is a remarkable AI technology developed by MyHeritage. It allows users to use artificial intelligence to animate old family photos or photos of historical figures. So you can add facial expressions such as nods and winks, blinks, head tilts and smiles to any portrait. So essentially, you're bringing old portraits of long-deceased family members to life. For users, all they have to do is download the app to their phone or they visit the website and they sign up for the service and just upload the pictures. So what are our initial thoughts on this particular use case of AI technology? For me, when I first heard it, of course, it sounds really interesting. It's like Harry Potter bringing, you know, the the photos to life, Mm. having... And then also seeing uh, people who may have been long gone and have them move and kind of brings that a little closer. So I was excited to see that and I was excited to try it out. And what did you think? Um, I think using it for for like a, a family tree genealogy use case, I, I mean, I think it's interesting. It brings a little added life and flavor to your family tree. I do have kind of some issues with it in general but we can get into that some overall issues with how it's done or what it really means and how about you diana how was your experience looking at that uh, use case for this i tried uh, that use case so i uploaded a picture of my grandma when she was young like looking like an actress and yeah it was awkward i mean it was really awkward because you are you are used to seeing animated pictures right now, but not kind of like a black and white picture of a deceased family member. So it was kind of like nice, but I felt that it was a little bit creepy at the same time. So I'm conflicted. Yeah. have to say that my mom loved it <laughs> when I show her the result, because my mom is a little bit like the definition of nostalgia. If you check out the dictionary, I think you will find her picture. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean it in the good way. But um, but yeah, I felt a little bit, you know, I haven't made um, an opinion. I don't know how often I would use it. So what did your mom like about it? Did she feel well, it was ju- realistic? Did she feel it really encapsulated that would be her mother, that whose picture she saw? Yeah, yeah, it was her mother. I think she, I think she liked the fact that it was animated and feeling alive. Um, so she didn't get into saying, well, that's not an expression that she wouldn't you know, use or a facial expression that she didn't use. I think she was so happy that see the animated picture that they didn't get into that detail. For me, that's one of the aspects where 
where I think for me doesn't resonate well with her, right? right? So so that's why we have got different experiences. One that is like, ah, oh, yeah, bringing her to life. That's the only thing important. And for me, like, but that's not really her, yeah, you know? Yeah, that, that, was, that was exactly my experience with it and kind of the issue I had with it because I put in a picture of my grandmother, an old black and white photo, and as when it had her move around, I'm like, she would never move like that. I'm sorry, mm. that's not that's not her. So it kind of actually took a bit away from the picture for me because that's not she wouldn't make those facial movements or things like that. I put a picture of of my daughter in there. Now that was creepy because that was not her. <laughs> she wouldn't make those facial movements either, and it just that kind of was like, yeah, that was creepy for me. But when, if you are into genealogy and you're looking into your history at a deep level, your family history, I think it's really wonderful for people that really enjoy that because, I mean, just to bring it to life, bringing history to life that way, often we're so disconnected from our past. So mm -hmm. to give it life, I mean, it's it's like watching war documentaries that were in black and white, colorized. You can somehow relate, it, relate better to that yes. it's not so distant so adding movement i think for very old pictures historical pictures is a is a wonderful thing and obviously the first thing that i imagine jumps to mind when we look at this technology is well there's obviously room there for it to be abused but in this particular use case you do have to sign up for their website for their app um, and it's not cheap, you know, it's not something that you can freely do all of this with. So that would help a little bit with, you know, misuse of the technology, putting it on famous fa faces and things like that. And they do warn you against putting this on famous faces and try, celebrities. Yeah, try yeah. to dissuade people from doing that. But is that enough? Well, I mean, where that, where that particular offering is i mean all it is is a few head movements or anything it's not adding a voice it's not really a exactly. deep fake yeah. deep fake is a whole other thing and and quite scary in my opinion but just having a head move around a little bit you know that's that's not that bad and i and agree a, with sorry i was gonna say and that's a great way to design it so that it doesn't get misused yes. to just do those very basic gestures yeah and i agree with your point that yes for someone doing a family tree seeing old faces seeing it come to life a little bit like that yes it does bring you closer to it and bring you closer to the past as long as you kind of aren't expecting that that's how they actually were <laughs> mm. and that's kind of where the the disconnect lies for me so as our users may have seen uh, on social media platforms or even in the news there are other use cases for this kind of technology the use case for these are supposed to be for entertainment uh, with with apps such as Talking Heads and Avatarify, also use AI to animate the images of other people, all the way to Reface, uh, where faces can be swapped onto other people's to create alternative images and photos. Now, I think we all had some experience with that too, and I was wondering what our thoughts were on that. I've seen some videos on social media of friends replacing, you know, in kind of like in movie cats, they replacing themselves and taking the role of the of the character in the movie. And some situations can be quite funny. But um, 
<laughs> so it definitely fulfills its role as, as being for entertainment yeah. only. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that if you like, uh, after seeing 1000 videos of that, I mean, when it's not such a novelty, maybe the, you know, the fact wanes, but the thing is at the very, at the very beginning, it's, it's kind of like funny. It's like, oh yeah, that clever coming up with that. Yeah. And some of them are really realistic. I mean, I, I mean, it's, it's incredible how you can switch your face onto somebody else. And I have a friend that does this regularly on Facebook with his face on historical starlets, you know, on, on celebrities that have, have long gone. Uh, he likes to put his face on men or women and, and it can be really funny and entertaining, but it looks, uh, it's phenomenally good. And you can see how that could be misused. I think there was something in the, the news about this being used in porn um, where people's famous people's faces were put onto um, actresses in porn films and things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the uh, yeah. misuses of it. Exactly. And then, of course, political figures uh, having them say things that they didn't say because obviously you can do this, you can also do this with audio. You can do this with people's voices where you can just listen to a segment of someone or record someone's voice for a short period of time and then make them say anything. So you combine those two technologies together and oh, yeah. you have something and, very dangerous. And there is no truth anymore then. You can't trust anything that you would see once that becomes mainstream or or used by people in power. Then you know, we talk about misinformation and all that now. Once it gets to that, there's there's no way to be able to tell what truth is anymore. But that's a much deeper, darker philosophical mm. discussion. Mm -hmm. um, keeping it to to these apps and these use cases, yeah, I agree with Diana. It's cute and funny. It's something nice to send a a quick thing to your friends. I'm not sure what how sticky it is. I downloaded a few of these and used them, and I don't. I'll expect that I will be deleting them shortly out of my off of my phone. Um, and why is that, do you think? I don't have daily relevance for them. Mm. You know, the use cases, hey, it might be funny to, you know, mimic my daughter's voice, having her say something funny and send it to her once or twice mm -hmm. or a friend. But I don't see it being a running, a running thing. Yeah, I think it wanes effect. So yeah. it's at the beginning, it can be their surprise as well but at some point it just gets like okay <laughs> there you go again <laughs> remember at some point my brother-in-law with this with this app where you can take kind of like a video footage of what is happening around you and then and then it overlays like uh, cartoons like for example a missile going over a person <laughs> sitting in a couch <laughs> and exploding the whole house so, <laughs> so yeah the first thing the first time you see it is it's quite funny but then at some point it's like uh, really <laughs> my first question then is do we see use cases uh, uh, other than making just people giggle by creating a quick video of them and somebody else's face or your face and somebody else's and sending it off with the other use case being the much darker you know mm -hmm. really deep fake purpose other other use cases i think creating your own gifts yeah so i think uh, but the thing is that to create your own gift you need to be quite creative as well in terms of what is the text that is going to be accompanying the the image that is now alive and animated 
So yeah, and and some people are really good for it. So for some people, it could be an more than something that is used once in a while. It could be kind of like part of their signature when they communicate and sending, ah, oh, yeah, I'm gonna be using this gesture now with this sentence or something. I'm not one of these people, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> so probably I would do like Chris. I would unsubscribe or when I finish my free trial period, and and that would be it. But this could be why it's being taken over for these other more malicious use cases, because there's a lot more value there. Um, you know, that's why it's sticking. That's why it's appealing oh, yeah. to that that kind of a person. Um, but definitely the nostalgia, that is a great use case. I think that's absolutely uh, brings value for people who are into genealogy. And was it easy to use, do you think, uh, when you when you used it for that use case? For the nostalgia part, yeah, I thought it was easy. For the other use cases, I thought it was, and kind of why it wouldn't be sticky for me is that it was a little too much effort. Too much effort. And a few too many ads to have to click through mm. and all of that to, to make that something I'd want to do very often. For me, the Nostalgia app was, on the surface, was really easy to use. I mean, you select the use case, if you want kind of like an eye drop, an eye movement or head movement or... So there are several several of them. And they are depicted with kind of like a Marilyn Monroe picture or a yeah. baby's picture. For me, it wasn't that clear. Before, prior to making the selection, it wasn't very clear what the effect on the photo was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then I, I don't know, maybe I haven't played with it sufficiently. But So I tested one effect, but for example, after selecting another effect, I wanted to come back to the previous screen. I didn't, I didn't manage to do it. So maybe <laughs> being a little bit dummy on that one. So, so yeah, so I think it's good. And I think because it doesn't have that many use cases that it has a few, so then it, you can play with each of them one after each other. But I think it would be good to be more clear about what is the effect going to be. Mm-hmm. And to be able to change your mind as well, halfway, like, ah, oh, yeah, after selecting this, I want to come back and make another selection rather than having to kill the app and come back. And perhaps, you know, based on what you were saying before with, well, my family member didn't do that. They didn't move that way. Perhaps there's room there for personalizing the way these pictures move. Absolutely. Um, that would definitely think- enhance that, that particular yeah. use case. Yeah, probably if you could kind of like uh, upload some footage, some, you know, Mm. real footage and then apply those kind of like uh, Mm. movements to to the other photos that you want to animate. Yeah, that would be the greatest added value. I think UX designers have an important role in all of this Mm. in, in these types of apps as we talk about either creating this for nostalgia and kind of uh, comedy use cases, but keeping it away from the deep fakes. Right. So I think some of the apps were a lot more realistic and others look like, you know, the old fashioned still <laughs> photo with the moving mouth in the middle. <laughs> and I think kind of taking away a bit of the realism, mm. one adds to the comedy um, and also keeps it from being misused because it's like, it's obviously a fake, um, but it still kind of gets the comedic point across. And with the deep nostalgia one, if we're, designing it for like just a, a really short, simple head movement or just to show some kind of, you know, quote unquote life to the picture. Um, but not going too far in that. I think that's, that's a nice boundary. 
you make a good point. We do have a responsibility as UX professionals, but also there needs to be policy involvement in this, I think. I, I think it goes, there needs to be more policing of the internet in general. A lot of these apps are available in open source communities such as GitHub. So policing something like that and what can and can't be published. So definitely a, a much more complicated landscape than just UX. Oh yeah, absolutely. Another way that UX professionals can help combat the misuse of these apps, you can combat this through the design of your app. Uh, one example would be Sensity, I think it's uh, pronounced. They've developed a detection platform that's like an antivirus for deepfakes. Oh. Uh, so that you can alert users via email when they're watching something that bears, you know, that has telltale fingerprints of AI. Yeah, we definitely need something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was thinking of a watermark or something like that, but that's much more subtle. So, and that doesn't compromise kind of like the, the effect on the picture, but you are still communicated. And also Facebook hosted a deep fake detection challenge. So they wanted to encourage the creation of these sorts of new technologies to detect deep yeah, fakes. We, so that's another way we could, as designers, police ourselves and, and the apps. Yep, social media, media organizations are all need, going to need to have some kind of deep fake detection technology. Okay, so now it's time for condensed soup. Condensed soup. Diana and Chris, let's think about this. Which scenario would you like to replace the face of someone with your face? Does that make sense? Like which famous film or famous photograph would, would you, you like to have faces your in? face on? I have no hesitation in saying that for me, it would be a piece of footage on Gone with the Wind. I oh, have to say that I am not, yeah. uh, you know, I am not 63 years old, but it's my favorite <laughs> movie <laughs> of all times. So would I would you love be? to see myself as Scarlett O'Hara. Of course. In, you know that image when the sun is setting mm -hmm. and she's like, um, I don't know how that will be in English. She's like, God would be my witness. Do you know what scene I'm talking about? When and, she is kind of like swearing that, oh, that right. she wouldn't be hungry again and, yes. and everything and with a lot of passion. Yeah, I would like to see myself performing that role because I have performed that role many occasions, you know, at home was watching the movie so it would be good to see myself in in that sunset scene interesting <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to be a fly on the wall when you watch that film <laughs> so for me i i think i would go for uh some i i think i would go for something i wouldn't normally do so like i don't dance so put <laughs> stick, pick like the best dance scene out like of Fred some, Astaire or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm going classic, you know, for 20, 30s, 40s film, you know, those old choreographed dance scenes and stick my face like on the lead. <laughs> I, I want to, I wanna, if I'm going to do this, I might as well do something I wouldn't normally do. <laughs> That's great. I wouldn't mind being in famous paintings, actually. Maybe the Mona Lisa or... Oh, it would be the Mona Lisa. It would be the Mona Lisa. <laughs> or maybe, you know, the Last Supper or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Some famous painting. Yeah, that's a good one too. The lady with the pearl earring. Anyway, I think that covers that. Thank you very much. That was an interesting conversation. Great. Thank good you. pleasure.
A reminder that UX Soup is presented as always by Strategy Analytics. Check out our latest user-focused insights at sa-ux.com. And please also remember to subscribe, like, or review UX Soup on your favorite podcasting platform or by visiting our show page at ux-soup.com. You can also visit the show page to follow myself, Diana, or Chris on LinkedIn. That's all for now. Thanks for listening.